welcome, 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 welcome. I'll tell you what, it's a great time to get together. It's always a great time to get together. I'm going to make a couple of more adjustments here. But I want to tell you something. You know, I, I realize this, that um, you could have been anywhere else today, but you chose to be with us today. So that's great. That's a blessing. That's, that just gets me charged up when I see people come in that want to hear about the Lord, that want to grow in the Lord. So today's title of our sermon is Driven. And I want to talk a little bit about that. What we celebrate today, the message of which the title is Driven, I said, but the message is about what drove Jesus to the cross. And I think we're going to be looking over the next couple of weeks of just how much he loves us and how we can share that love with others. So today is Palm Sunday, and I want to give you a little behind the scenes of why this is such a special day, awesome day for us. And I want to read a little bit about that, okay? So Palm Sunday is when, like Tanya said, it's kind of hard to say, triumphant entry. What do we mean by that? That's it. It's tough, isn't it? I I said it 30 times yesterday, and I was still going back and forth. But it lets you know uh, we remain humble before the Lord, doesn't it? You know, it's amazing. But I want to talk a little bit about a week today we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, right? But what we celebrate today on Palm Sunday is this is the day Jesus came in, right? This is the day Jesus says, I'm your king. I'm the Messiah. And I want to read this scripture. If you've got your Bibles with you today, open to Luke. Chapter 19, 36, 37. If you don't, I always put it on the board, but I always encourage you to bring the word of God with you, all right? And it says, as he rode along, the crowd spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. When he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all the followers began to shout and sing. And they walked along, as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. I want you to just kind of just set the stage of what was going on. Here they are. In Jerusalem, and here comes Jesus. Now, they had seen a lot of the miracles and everything going on, but I, I tell you, as I read the Word of God, I get excited about how perfect it is and how God speaks through His people and starts unpacking things. That's one of the things we do on Tuesday night. We dig a little bit deeper into the Scripture so that we can really root our hearts in the truth of God's Word. So I want to share that. Take a look at this. Now, this is in Luke 19 that we're talking about. Now, I want to reel back just a little bit to just show you how good God is about telling His people what He's going to do. All right, 500 years before this happened, right, the prophet Zechariah wrote this. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just in heaven's salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey colt. A donkey that's never been ridden before, right? Exactly what's going on. Do you see how specific and how perfect God's word is? 500 years before this went down, God spoke through his prophet and said, I'm coming. I'm coming. And just as he told us about the first coming and the second coming, I'm telling you, he's coming back. Amen. Are we ready? And that's what we think about each and every day to prepare our hearts. We're talking about being prepared for Christ's return. And that's what I want us to know. When we come here each week, I pray that we are digging in deeper in the word of God and just loving on the fact that we are his and he's ours. He is ours, right? Now, I want to break this down a little bit more. If we look at the scripture, it says they brought the donkey. They brought the donkey, laid their clothes on them. And set him on it, set Jesus on it. And then the crowd uh, spread their uh, clothes on the road, cut down branches, we know that it's a palm branches, right? From the trees and spread them along the road. Then the multitudes went, who went before him. I'm sorry, guys, I need to get my glasses out more often. Uh, then the multitudes who went before those and, and cried out behind him, saying, Hosanna to the highest, son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. 
We talked about this a little bit a couple of weeks ago about when they were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. And we understand that what was going on in that time, there was a lot going on with the, the oppression from the Romans, right? And so they were saying, deliver us, deliver us. And Jesus is coming on the scene to deliver us, but deliver us from so much more than the government. Deliver us from bondage of sin. Amen? This guy's the best, isn't he? Isn't he the best? I appreciate that. Man, you know, I start out with these things on and then I go, I can make it. Thank you, Tim. Um, y'all didn't know, I, I put like uh, 15 more, uh, what is that, uh, points on my IQ with those? <laughs> At least 15, right? But you know what, I want to get back to, the, to what we're talking about here. We look back and we see in Zechariah 9, 9, 500 years before Jesus was even here. Christ has already announced that through his people. Now we see, we're reading along in Matthew, the account of the gospel, and we look in Luke, and all the gospel has, has this un, unpacking here. And so when he looks at this, what a different a week makes. He came in on a Sunday. And by Friday, when on Sunday they were saying, deliver us and save us. And when things didn't look just like the people thought that it should, right? By Friday they said, crucify him. Crucify him. Isn't that something? See, a lot of times when we're walking with the Lord, we don't realize that, you know, uh, it doesn't always look like we think it should. Amen. And, and so what happens is sometimes if it's not on our time frame, we want to switch up, don't we? We want to say, well, you know, well, I guess prayer is not working. Or I guess he didn't answer it in the way I, I thought so. Uh, you know, so something must be wrong with God. Let me tell you, there's nothing wrong with God. He never changes, amen? And as we look and we take our time and looking at the scripture, you're going to see just how perfect the scripture is and how perfect God is, all right? So we talked about him coming riding on a, on a, on a colt, right? Look at this. It says the symbolism, I did a little research on this for that Eastern tradition back then, said that a donkey was an animal of peace. See, they were looking for a, a, a king to come in and say, man, we're going to do it my way. You're not going to oppress my people anymore. We're going to take over. We're going to put you down. We're going to do this. But he came in love and in peace. Isn't that something else? By the same token, if we look and we dig into the scripture a little bit more and do a little studying, it said when a king would ride into a, to a town, if he rode in on a horse, that was a symbol of war. See, but he came in love. He's the Prince of Peace. We sang about it a lot today. And I think that's one of the things I just love when I think about how God deals with me and how he deals with us and our sin. It's through love. Amen. See, a lot of times we're like, oh, my gosh, you know, I can't get close to God. Well, you know what? Our sin keeps away, keeps us away from God. But his sacrifice brings us near to God. Amen. And that's what we're celebrating. This is the whole ball of wax. He was driven by love for you and me. And this is where he's entering in on the scene. And I just love that. Now, here's something else we said about the Prince of Peace. I love giving a little facts and details because I just want to elevate what God's been doing. All right. So nearly 700 years before this, Isaiah 9 says, 9, 6 says, he's the Prince of Peace. See, he came in lowly. That doesn't mean without power. Humbly coming in out of love. How many know you can get a whole lot more from love than you can out of power? You know what I mean? But see, what we do with Christ is we have love and power. And that's what I, I think is so amazing. And they were looking for all the miracles. They had seen many miracles. But the greatest one was yet to come. Amen. So that's just a little bit we're starting off with today. The title is Driven. I want to look at three areas. And it's on your handout. And I want to try to pull the gold out of these three areas that we're looking at. We're talking about devotion. We're talking about the God plan. And we're talking about the purpose. And what I want to do is kind of mirror some of these things. We're going to look at, you know, the devotion of Christ. But where's our devotion? 
And we're going to look at God's plan, but how do we fit into God's plan? And we're going to look at the purpose of Jesus Christ coming, right? And what is our purpose here? So that's what I want us to do today. So you guys ready? Say amen. amen. All right, let's see what the Lord has for us today. Now, devotion. When we think about devotion or somebody being devoted, what comes to mind? Just think for a second. I thought of a few things when I was praying and the Lord laid these on my heart. I thought about faithful. I thought about loyal. I thought about uh, being focused and invested and committed. You think that's fair when you think about somebody being devoted to something? All those things would be a, a big part of that, right? Faithful, being loyal, focused, invested, and committed. And let's take a look at this and let's see how Jesus does up against this backdrop for us. Jesus was faithful to his assignment. Amen? That's a good place to amen. See, it's really good when y'all are like preaching with me. You know? It's a team thing, right? But Jesus was faithful to the assignment. You know, what assignment has God given you and how faithful are you with it? Now, that's not to beat you up. That's to kind of adjust the course if we need to and let you know that today's a new day and it's a fresh day of grace and mercy. And I'm so grateful for that. We can get back in the game. We can get back in and run this thing out and, and finish with excellence. Amen. What else do we got? Loyal. Jesus was loyal to his disciples and his father. He stuck to the plan. You know, when you think about that, when you think about somebody that's loyal, like a loyal employee, they're trustworthy, aren't they? You can bank on them. Their word means something. And you know what hurts my heart so much? Today, you don't see a whole lot of that anymore. You really don't. It's far and few between. Like I've told my boys, as a, you know, I try to prepare them for work and, and try to prepare them for school, me and Denise both, and uh, love on them and, and point things out. And, and here's the sad truth of something. If a person, if you hire somebody right now, see if I'm right or wrong, see what you think about it. If you hire somebody to come to your house and do a particular job, if they show up on time and do a fair job for a fair price, you're pretty happy, aren't you? But think about it. That's just baseline. Because what happens is so many times people are not committed and they're not loyal and they're not faithful to the assignment, right? So when, when we just get the bare bones, we're excited about it. But our God is not a bare bones God. He is abundant God. And that's what we're going to see here as we unpack this. But you know what? I want to live that abundant life because it costs God his best. It costs him his very best so that I could live for him. Amen? Let's keep rolling. He was focused on the outcome. See, sometimes when we start a task, we can get overloaded, right? We got to take it a step at a time. But you know what keeps us driving a lot of times? If we can see the end result. How many folks are still in school here? College or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Focus on the end. Learn all you can going through. You say, why in the world do I got to do this subject or that subject? You know what? You might not realize that. But I tell you what, later on, God will use that to round you out. You say, why in the world am I doing Spanish again? You know what? You might be a missionary. Why in the world do I got to do all these slide rules and things like that? God might use you to design a pipeline to get water into a village somewhere. I don't know, but I know this. He knows exactly where you are, and he knows the gifts and the talents that he's given you. So, you know, we're drawing the strength of God and get that goal that God's put in you to rise to the surface so that you can reflect Christ to the world. Amen? Invested. Woo! How many people bought a lottery ticket? It's okay. <laughs> now, because the next question I'm going to say, how many won? I was going to say, hey, I'll, I'll go to lunch with you. <laughs> but you know what? We will invest in some, some uh, amazing things. But how much do we really invest 
and to the kingdom. Think about that. And I'm not just talking money or anything like that. I'm talking about our time, our heart, our studying, diligently studying the word of God. You know, I tell you what, you know what? I had a great time yesterday. I went for a little scooter ride, went by and seen some friends. And, and, and you know, sometimes it's just awesome to see when, when God, when people have invested in God. They don't even have to tell you. So you've been talking to somebody, and how many times you're talking to somebody, all you hear is negative, negative, negative. Let me tell you, it's a breath of fresh air when you see somebody has been invested in God. Didn't say the perfect, but is seeking the perfect one. And investing God in man when they say, you know, that's really nice right there, isn't it? You know, that person, man, it was good seeing them. And I said that, and it was just blessing my spirit as I spent some time with my friends, how all they were doing is lifting others up. That's great. Because you know what? Because they've invested some time. They've invested some time in God, and God is revealing things to them. So guess what? They have the eyes of Christ when they look at others. Okay? That's what I hope when we spend time in the Word of God, that He starts transforming our hearts and our minds, and not only that, our eyes. And then we focus on the best in somebody's life instead of the worst. Amen? Total side note, but I'll tell you what, that blessed my soul. Here we go. And committed to his life for the cause. Jesus was committed, right? He committed his life to the cause. I thought that was really amazing that, you know, just like we said earlier on, on investing here, his whole life, he spent his whole life invested in God's plan. And he was committed to the cause. He knew the outcome, but he didn't back off. Can we say that? So many times when we know the outcome, we go, I think I'm going to make a little diversion here. I'm going to help God with this plan. If you want to help God with this plan, be obedient to the plan. Amen? And I'm preaching to me first. Because a lot of times we want to drive. We want to, well, I see it. You know, I'm really thankful that God doesn't show me more than what he does sometimes because I've gotten to end up in the ditch. I really would, not meaning to, just go, well, he must want me to do this. So I'm going to take off running. But I don't want to get ahead of God. You know why? Because I've got ahead of God before. But you know what? He'll come and get you. He'll come back and get you because he hadn't left. You see, he just come on back to me, return back to me. So we look at these few areas here. I want that to kind of set the posture of our heart of what's going on this week, right? When we think about Jesus coming in, right? Has Jesus come into your heart? Is Jesus what you're investing in and he's the one investing you're investing in? Are you faithful to the assignment? Are you loyal to the Father? Right? And we go on and think about your earthly life. We don't know how long we're going to be here. Went over to my mom's yesterday. 83 years, man. Come Monday. Tuesday. What's the day? Tomorrow. Monday. Yeah. There we go. Thanks, Jessica. Yeah. You know why I'm the favorite son now, don't you? She's only got one. <laughs> I might forget a date or two, but I'll, I'll be there, right? But, you know, and I thought about that. I thought about the, you know, the, the Lord had blessed my mother to, for, for 83 years. And I talked to friends, and, and, you know, sometimes we don't all have that, that, that uh, opportunity to live that long. But you know what? I don't know how long I'm going to be here. But, man, I want to impact some lives for Christ. I want to impact some lives for Christ. And I pray that as we go over the word and you get that rooted in your heart, that you want to impact lives for Christ. Amen? Let's keep on rolling here. Now, when we look at that, I said, man, that's devotion, right? That's going all in. That's being dedicated, right? That's being driven. And I said, driven by what? Driven by love. Love for you. Love for me. Not when you cleaned up, but when you show up, right? Just because you're you. Just the way you are. See, if you don't hear anything else today, I want you to know he loves you right where you're at. 
See, that's what's so awesome. That's why I get so excited in my favorite time of year, knowing that my sin debt is canceled on the cross. Right? So you know what? I know he had to go through it on Friday, but Sunday's coming. See, Sunday's coming and we serve a living, risen God. Amen? If you don't write anything else down on your notes, write this down here because I want you to get this in your heart. And it says this, the heart of God is always driven by love. You hear the songs that we chose this week? He came from heaven to this earth. Why? Because he wasn't going to leave you here. He wasn't going to leave you shipwrecked. He wasn't going to leave you bound in sin. He says, I'm going to make a way to bring them back to me. So when we look at this, I want you to understand a few things. When we talk about this, and I talked to my friends yesterday, and we were just so thankful that God gave us the privilege to be a mom and dad. And you might not be here and say, well, I'm not a mom and dad. You might be an aunt or an uncle. You might be a brother or sister. You might be a daughter. Whatever the case is, whatever your role is, man, live it for God. Let people see God through you wherever it is. You know, you say, well, I don't have much family around here. Guess what? God will plant you in a city where you can love on somebody and they can love on you. So I look at that when I think about investing and I think about, you know, the heart of God is always driven by love. Think about your own heart with your children or your loved ones. Why do you do what you do? Because you love them. Right? Why do we sacrifice so much? Because we love them. But remember this, what I'm saying here. Stuff never substitutes for relationships. Stuff never, ever substitutes for relationship. You can say, well, I'm working all the time. I'm doing this so we can go here. And I'm doing this and all that. And they get leftovers. I think it's great that you want to provide for your family. I think that's, that's noble. That's awesome. We should provide for our family. But I tell you what. I found as being a dad that, you know what? They'd rather wrestle on the floor at my house and spend a little bit of time than go to the greatest restaurant. Especially since they can beat me now. I don't know what it is about that. But, you know, we have a great time. It's investing the time, investing the love. I talked to another buddy at work this week, and we were thinking about kids, our children growing up, and just the world that they're coming into. And he says, you know what? We need to teach them. That's what my buddy said. He said, we need to teach them. We love them so much, and we do, and we do, and we do for them. And then next thing you know, we cut them loose, and we wonder why they have a difficult time. we got to train them. we got to train them. Let me tell you, moms, dads, aunts, and uncles, bringing the, the, the young folks in here, God bless you, because they're hearing the truth. They're hearing the truth. And I know that God will take his word and work it in their, in their lives. Amen. You know, just being in the hearing of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. Amen. That's biblical, man. That's Romans uh, 10, 17. That's good word. So when we look at that, remember that stuff is not going to substitute for relationship. I want you to hear what I'm saying today. The stuff that you do that you think you're working your way closer to God, if it's about your motive of doing, forget it. If you're doing it because you're, you're, you're driven by love, then God bless you. Because that's all the difference. And God knows every single thing. So what am I saying here? Let the, let, this is what I want to say. So let your love drive you deeper into your relationship with God, into your family, in every area of your life. Let the love of God drive you deeper in your relationship. Amen. Got a lot of good notes here, didn't we? Everybody said amen. Well, let's talk about God's plan. The God plan. Unpack this a little bit. God's plan is restoration and reconciliation. He wants to restore and he wants to make it right. And that's what I love about that. Because Christ was devoted to the God's plan. We can be restored and reconciled to the Father. 
I often think about this, you know. How many watched the Brady Bunch? Right? Mom always said, don't play ball in the house, right? And they break the, the vase and they put it all back together. Everybody that's like close to my age going, yeah, I saw that like all the time. You know? And what happened for the younger folks that hadn't seen that? They were playing ball in the house and they break this vase and they go, uh oh. They didn't want to come clean. They said, let's get the glue. So they put the glue in there and they glue it all back together. We're good. We're over the hump now, right? And they start pouring the water in it and then put the put the flowers in there. And while mom and dad are entertaining and talking, guess what? things leaking and everything else you know god is the one who fixes our face when we fall and break it and he doesn't do a patch job he does a great job he restores and reconciles that's what i love about god now i tell you what last night i was preaching hard i know half the neighborhood probably got saved if the windows was cracked a little bit more i was getting excited about this right here man this is good stuff when i start thinking about this there's two things right that can only be achieved through Christ. And that's restoration and reconciliation. See, you can't do it on your own. You can't do it on your own. You can't be pretty enough, smart enough, give enough, do enough. It's all about what he's done. And that's what we celebrate him every day for. All right? Now, I want you to get a hold of this now. God has grace for your every trial. Does that make you want to say amen? Every trial, every situation, God has enough grace for that. And I'm going to tell you something. If he didn't, what he did on the cross was useless. But you know what we're talking about? He's an abundant God. Not only did he shed his blood to save us, he wants to keep us secure. You know what? Every time we blow it, there's enough grace to set us back on, on track. Now, that doesn't mean we live any way we want. But when God nudges us and we make a bad decision, let's get back in there and say, Lord, wash me clean. Because you know what? God has grace for your every child. Take a look at this. God has forgiveness for your every mistake. Anybody ever made any mistakes in here? Oh my goodness, I'm going to start praying. <laughs> oh my goodness. Man, let's get back on here. He has forgiveness for our every mistake. Every mistake. Every mistake. Every mistake. Past, present, and future. Isn't it good to know Jesus? Isn't it good to know God's plan, alright? Now here we're going to get going now. We are declared righteous because Christ is our righteousness. I want you all to read that. Can we read that together? We are declared righteous because Christ is our righteousness. Man, get that down in your spirit. Man, I'm made right because of what Christ did. You know, when people say, who do you think you are? I say, how much time you got? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Man, I'm righteous because of what Christ did. Let me tell you, that's just pulling the bricks off the back. See, all the things that I don't measure up in and all the things and all the people that's pointed on my life and say you can't do, you shouldn't do, you ought to do. Guess what? That settles it right there. We are declared righteous because Christ is our righteousness. Let's take a look at this. We're declared holy because Christ is our holiness. Let's read that together. We are declared holy because Christ is our holiness. Man. Do you feel that momentum? Do you see what that has done for us? Man, Christ is love. We are declared just because Christ is our justifier. Let's read that one. We are declared just because Christ is our justifier. Man, when I start looking at that, I start seeing, man, I start getting a glimpse of the love of God in my life. When I start understanding that, take a look at this here. God sees us in a new identity because our, we are now identified with Christ through faith in Jesus. This is what I want you to understand. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. So why do we make it about us? Why do we make it about us? Because so many times the world is about us. 
well, I don't think I want to go there. I don't think I want to do this. I don't think that fits. I don't think this, you know, and, and guess what? Or, or we think we're entitled to something. Let me tell you, this right here will set your heart back on the path to God. Understanding the sacrifice of Christ. Understanding the, the, the plan of God that God had way before and you ever walked this earth. He says, I'm going to bring them back. I'm going to bring them back to me. I'm going to supply a way. The only way and it's through Jesus Christ. So when we look at this, I want us to know this. We are in him. In Jesus. I can't preach on that enough. Because over and over and over, we don't know who we are. But let me tell you, that right there tells you who you are. If you put your faith and trust in Christ, that's how God sees you. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? That's how God sees you when you put your faith and trust in Him. So you know what? That was the plan of God through Christ. And we could never do it. Sometimes if you know you just could never do it, then it's easier for you to understand what He did. You see, if we think that, well, maybe I can just hold on. Or maybe we can take this flesh and I'll never do this again. I'll never do this again. I'll never. Man, you're, you're not going to make it. You cannot put confidence in flesh. You put confidence in Christ. Amen. That's God's plan. That's God's difference right there. Very good. Very good. Well, you know what? I always try to give you a word anchor somewhere along the way. Right? It's not what Buddy said. It's what the word of the Lord says. Right? Let's take a look at this. Romans 5.1 says, therefore, since we have been... Declared what? Righteous by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus. See, that's what the word says. That's why you said, well, why do you read the word? Because I need to know that. Because Monday's coming. Tuesday's coming. And there's going to be a lot of stuff at work. And there's going to be things that we don't know that's coming down the pipe. But God does because he's already there. So when I come in and I've already prayed up and I've already put this word anchor in my spirit, guess what? When things come against me, I say, well, guess what? We have been declared righteous by faith. Why? We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. What else do we got? Hebrews 10.10 10 says, For God's will was for us to be made holy. How? How? How do we do that? By the sacrifice of the body of Christ once for all time. Man, that's why we celebrate this week. This is why I get excited about this week. I get excited about it every day when I open the Word of God. But if you don't open the Word of God, and you don't spend time in the Word of God, the voices of the world will tell you you can never measure up. You can't do it. Look at you. Look at him. Look at her. How do they have it? And I should get it. Let me tell you, you already got it if you got Jesus. You got abundance. And that's what I love. Man, I don't think of myself so many times in my flesh as holy. I got a mirror. But let me tell you, when I look at myself through identifying with the word of God in Jesus Christ, I said, God says, God says he made me holy from the sacrifice. Of Jesus Christ. That's what makes me get up in the morning. That's what makes me when everything's shaking in my life. Guess what? It's usually shaking the things out of my life that don't need to be there. You know what I mean? You think about that. I heard a guy talking the other day. I thought it was a great, great thing. People say, wow, you know, a lot of times we don't like the shaking. We just like everything smooth. He said, well, let me ask you a question. Say you live on a 70th floor of an of a apartment building. And the shaking comes. What do you do? You want to get out, right? You want to get out and you run out. And right when you run out, the building collapses. Let me ask you a question. Are you happy about the shaking now? See, that was your warning. Get out. Draw to God. You see what I mean? That's a great illustration. See, we don't want to know. We just want to sit there on the couch and everything's cool. But you know what? Times are changing. Things are changing. God's coming back. So you know what? Let's be thankful for the shaking and hold on to God. Because we are made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Christ. Amen? Here we go. Romans 3.28. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith 
without the deeds of the law. Remember last week we talked about the law shows us our sin, shows us our need for a savior. That's all plug it in. So now we are justified just as if I never sinned. Just as if I've never sinned. Yeah, but you don't know about last week. Well, you know what? It wasn't real pretty in my house last week either. I get some of those weeks, right? Some of those days and different things like that. But you know what? You got to regroup and go back to what God says. And we're talking about the reset button. You know, God gives us a reset button. It's called grace. It's called mercy. It's called oh, Jesus. Love it. Now, you know what? I said we're going to talk a little bit about purpose. And before we get into that, I want us to understand, again, by faith, what we have in Christ. We have everything we ever need in Christ. And sometimes you've got to hear yourself say that. Because when you're coming up short on whatever it is, and this flesh starts crying out, we have to understand that we have everything in Christ. If I could just say that when a situation comes up, I bet you I'd be a whole lot better off. So I'm training my heart and my spirit to say, you know what? I've got all this in Christ. I'm not going to settle for less. I'm going to take him at his word and get the best, right? So it's about his perfection, his peace, and his purpose. So let's talk about purpose here. A lot of times, I talk to, to young folks or, or any, mature folks. Hey, y'all like that. I won't say old folks, mature folks. And I really just don't even know my purpose. I can give you a piece of the puzzle. Let's take a look at this. 2 Corinthians 5.20. So we are Christ's ambassadors. If you're an ambassador, if you have an ambassador for a country, what does he do? He represents that co- company or that country, excuse me, or a company, right? And God is making his appeal through us. That's the church. That's the believer. That's me and you, right? We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God, right? If we spent more time drawing people into God instead of chasing them off from God, we probably had a place filled up, wouldn't we? You know, but all times, a lot of times we just want to point to what they're doing wrong instead of saying, God loves you right where you are. Come on. Come on. Let's go with that. Let's go with that. You know, then we say we're, we're righteous in Christ because of what he did. Then we say we're justified in Christ because of what he did. Man, he is faithful. So when we think about, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, everything else. Well, you know what? Represent Christ. Represent Christ at your job. In your family, wherever. Well, you know, I've blown it and everything else. Get back in the game with this grace and keep on going. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. See, a lot of times we say, well, you know, that person blowing it over there. I don't even want to be around him. I don't know. Well, you know what? Maybe all they would need to get him back in, to get back in the loving, uh, nurturing uh, time of God is just say, hey, brother, you know what? God loves you. You don't have to be a preacher or, or a theologian or anything else. Tell them what God has done in your life. And you might be surprised how God will use that in theirs. That's what I love. The playing field is a level at the cross. God is good. So we need to live for Christ. Witness for Christ. And I want to talk a little bit about this. Flip this back. What was the purpose of Jesus coming, right? For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. See, that's why he came. But you know what? What is our part? It says we speak for Christ, right? When we say come back to God. He's given us the opportunity and the privilege to draw people back to God. So man, let's be devoted. Let's be faithful, focused, loyal, invested, and committed. All those things we talked about, right? And let's be faithful to the assignment. Whatever the assignment is, be faithful to the assignment. Well, it's not really big. It's a, a big assignment, so it doesn't matter. You know what? Maybe he's trusting you with the small things so he can work on up to the bigger things. 
right? He's entrusting you with some of the small things so he can give you the bigger things. Let's focus on the Father and get to the plan of God, his purpose in your life. Are you committed to the cause? Are you committed to the cause? What is the cause? Why are we here? We're here to see people's life transformed by the love of Christ, through the blood of Christ, the sacrifice of Christ, that we serve a living God. I want everybody to know why we do what we do. We're telling people about the living God of the Bible that transformed our life. And we keep pointing to Jesus. Amen. So be driven by his love and his love for others. So today, you know what? We need to point others to Christ. So if we're here today, let me, let me ask you this. Friends, I pray that you see that I want to point you to Christ. Don't look at the man. Don't even look in the mirror. Look to the cross. But let me tell you, look through the cross to see that we serve a living, risen Savior. That's what I want us to understand. As we prepare our hearts today, uh, we're going to have an opportunity to do communion. I want to talk a little bit about that. But first, I want to ask you this. Do you see what Christ has done for you? Do you see that... You know what? Christ was driven by love for you, 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 me. we got to make it personal. So I'm going to ask you, with your eyes closed and your head bowed, the most important question you'll ever answer in your life. Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? If you die tonight, do you know for sure that you go to heaven? See, that was the whole purpose of Christ, just like we saw in uh, Luke 19.10. It says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Without Christ, we are lost. We are in sin. But through the Son of God, we can be made righteous. So I'm asking you here today. If you're here today and you've never asked the Lord to come into your life and forgive you of your sin, you can right here. The Bible says that we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So as we pray right here, give you a few minutes. We're going to have some time to reflect. Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Do you know for sure that if you died today, you'd go to heaven? Do you understand the sacrifice that was made for you? We claim it by faith. So if you're here today and that's your prayer, I just ask you to raise your hand so I can pray with you. If you've never asked the Lord to come into your life, you say, hey buddy, that's what I need to do today. Amen, amen. You know, and just like I said, Lord, come into my life and forgive me of my sins. Save me, Lord, this day. We're not here by accident. I believe this day is a divine, divine appointment. If you're here today and you say, man, you just don't know what's going on in my life. Well, that's all right. God does. And he says that, that, that you're worth it. And he was driven here for you. So as we continue the rest of our service, I want us to understand this. We get to celebrate Jesus. Celebrate Jesus in every day and every way. Amen. Now I want to talk to you a little bit about communion. And I got one other thing here. We're talking about driven. This is the last thing when I was praying. I put on the slide as God just showed me some, some cool stuff. He said, you know what? We should be driven by love and captured by his grace. If we are driven by the love of God and captured by his grace, I believe there's nothing that we can't do for God. That God can use you and work through your life. And so when we reflect on this week of Jesus coming in to Jerusalem, the bigger question is, have you let Jesus come into your heart? Have you let Jesus come into your heart? So we have an opportunity today to celebrate that. And I took this slide out of a message we did some time ago because we've got new folks coming in all the time. And I want people to understand about communion and the Lord's Supper. All right? 
What we do here is called an open communion, meaning you are more than welcome to share in communion if you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you hadn't, I ask you to sustain to that. And, and, and because what we're going to do, we're going to discern his body. We're going to think about what he did. And we're going to turn from, from things in our life. And let's just go through here. Why do we do? We want to remember what Christ has done for us. We want to rejoice and worship because of that. We want to repent in areas of our life that God's pointing his finger and said, you know what? You need to leave that alone and come on back to me. And then we want to know that we're reconciled through the cross. Amen? So as we do that, I want to, to hit a few things. It reminds us of the great sacrifice when Jesus laid his life down. That's what that's going to represent today. It's the truth of the great promise of Christ's return. Right? He's coming back. Are you ready? Are you ready? It's a reminder of our salvation. It's the complete work of Christ who gave all our sins. So it's a celebration that we have today with a grateful heart. And uh, I'm going to ask the ushers to come on up. And uh, we're gonna, I'm going to pray over this. And we're going to use the, the, the bread and juice. And I'm going to read from Scripture on that. But as they come up, I'm going to just pray over the, the cup and the bread. And we're going to get started on this. What we're going to do is going to give out one side at a time. And I just ask you to just hold on to this. And we'll take this together. But what I'd like you to do as uh, Miss Tony is singing a song here. And just to reflect on what God has done for you. In any areas of our life that we just want to turn over to him because he needs it all to give us his best. Amen. So think about that time, a little time of reflection. Fathers, we come to this part of the service, Lord. We thank you that we can have communion with you, Lord, this supper. When we sit down and we think about what you've done for us, Lord, as we take the bread, we think about your body. As we drink the juice, we think about your blood that was poured out for us. So, Father, as we do this, as just a a time to reflect and symbolism of what you did. Lord, let us just come to you with a clear heart, purged by the blood of Christ.
take the, the cup and the bread. It's kind of a little two-part there. you got to bring the first piece back. you got to take your time and get that squared away. I want to read from Scripture what was going on. What we'll do is we'll just take this together as we go through it, okay? 1 Corinthians 11 says this. is For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take of the bread. And then in the same way, he took the cup. And after, saying, after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agree, uh, agreement Confirmed by my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Let's take of the cup. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You know, when we take time to discern the body of Christ and what he's done, it's a solemn time. But you know, that's what happened on the Friday. And as we look at Sunday was coming, the resurrection. So let's go ahead. I'm going to ask Brother Mike, come over. He's going to lead us in a song. I ask you to stand to your feet. And today is about preparation, about preparing our heart. And let's go ahead and go to the Lord and leave with a song of gladness in our heart. Amen? Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap for what he's doing. Amen. Amen.